0: Blog Talk Radio. Wake up, wake up, wake up, everybody. It's time for news headlines for the news junkies. This is Marcianne. And tonight I'm going to talk about the biological sexual urge in the man. Because I, I heard a headline that almost just made me not want to ever listen to the news ever, ever, ever again. It was a story, it was on our local radio and television station, and it was about a 91-year-old senior man who lives here in this retirement community where I live, who went over to the mall, which is close enough to walk to, took off his diaper, displayed himself, and began to masturbate in front of a young girl sitting on a bench there in the mall. Well, you know, he was arrested and put in jail. But the story was, the reason why they told the story was someone had gone and posted bail for him. Uh, And the wife said she didn't know who it was who had posted the bail. So that was what the story was. So now he uh, was back home with her. (laughs) I hope she has him chained to the bed. And also, I'm having a class in my house right now. That This class is to introduce a therapy that's called journaling. And the class is limited to eight people, and the professor who teaches it and I make ten. It's an eight-week class that's held every Monday from 10 to 12. And all of these ladies live in the retirement community where I live, <clears throat> except for one lady who is 46 and lives close by. The other ladies are all at least 55 years or older. And I, I have just been astonished to learn that every single one of these ladies has suffered some sort of sexual abuse. It was either from their father, their grandfather, their uncle, or their brothers or a neighbor boy. You know, this makes me believe that sexual abuse must be the biggest sweep-under-the-rug problem that we have in this country and perhaps even in the world. I mean, forget ISIS, forget the economy, forget racism, forget civil rights, forget poverty. Come on, everybody. What are we going to do about sexual abuse Let's just quit condemning the women who get abortions or even suggest that if they do, they should be punished. That's just an ages-old paradigm of Adam blaming Eve for everything. What are we going to do about the male sexual urge? I want to tell you a story about a friend I had here in my retirement community that I met at the pool. He was a married man. And we only saw one another when we were at the pool doing our laps. And one day he went home from the pool to find that his wife had fallen while taking a shower and hit her head and she was lying dead in the shower. So he called me to set up a memorial service for him. And he had had the body cremated and then we just took the ashes with us on the boat to go over to Catalina Island. And on the way over to the island, we did the ceremony, and he threw the ashes into the ocean. But when we got to Catalina, we went to a local pub there to have dinner and a beer. And all over the walls of this pub, people have posted dollar bills with their name and address on it, their dollar bills from all over the United States, And some also have posted their foreign currencies and put their names and addresses on them. And so we took a dollar bill, and Paul wrote out his wife's name and the date, and we posted it on the wall, and it's there to this day. Well, after this memorial service, he decided to go down to Mexico for the winter. He said he needed to get his teeth fixed, And he needed to be by himself to sort things out. And he invited me to go down with him. He said he had a two bedroom oceanfront timeshare in Puerto Vallarta where I could stay, and he was going to look for an apartment right away. Well, the plane we took down there was one of those that has three seats on each side. It's my least favorite seat arrangement. (laughs) We had our two seats, his was by the window and me on the aisle, and we had that delicious seat in between us where we could put all our stuff, you know, until, oh, no, here comes this huge guy down the aisle. He looks just like Santa Claus, you know, he had a big white beard and a big round belly that shook when he walked like a bolt full of jelly. And I knew, I just knew he was going to be taking our middle seat. Well, he squeezed his abundant flesh into the seat spilling out on either side while Paul and I just rolled our eyes. And But we began to chat and we found out that he goes to Puerto Vallarta every year. And he knew pretty Precisely where Paul could go and get a good apartment with air conditioning and daily maid service, just three blocks from the beach. And it was right down the street from a park where people gathered every day to play chess, and Paul was an expert chess player. And this man also knew a good dentist. I mean, he was a gem. He knew everything that Paul needed, and his instant friend. So I whispered in Santa Claus's ear and said, well, you know, Paul needs to find out if he can be a man again. I mean, his wife just died, and they have not been intimate for a long, long time before she passed, and he needs to regain his confidence with a woman. Could you help out there, too? And Santa Claus just smiled and said, yes, ma'am, I can. Well, three months later, Paul returned back home to the, our retirement community. His teeth were all fixed. He was looking tanned and handsome, and he had a twinkle in his eye. <laughs> and I knew he was ready to re enter the stream of life. And he went to the pool, and there she was, a brand new lady who had just moved in to our retirement community that week in her one white one-piece a la Esther Williams bathing suit, just looking smashing. And very soon afterwards, she moved into his lovely condo with him. She was an auditor who took occasional jobs with the federal government, and these were for anywhere from two weeks to two months in length, and she traveled all... uh, Around the country, actually, to do these little um, small jobs, and a couple years after they had moved in together, Paul had a small stroke, and he couldn't drive. So when she would go on these auditing jobs, then I would I would drive Paul around while she was gone. You know, like take him to the grocery store, go to the cleaners, go to the pool, and then we occasionally would go out to dinner. So one night we were at dinner. And I mentioned that the California legislature was beginning to consider enacting euthanasia legislation. So I asked Paul, now, Paul, you know, you've had this experience of having a stroke. He, uh, he had trouble speaking after uh, the stroke. He had trouble getting his words out. But you know what? He could spell the word. If he you know, couldn't get the word out, he'd start to spell it. And then very quickly, you know, I could pick it up what he was saying. <clears throat> so I said, you know, if you could get to where the, you just had no quality of life left at all, you're in a wheelchair, you can't walk, you can't talk, could you, would you consider euthanasia? Well, he looked at me in absolute astonishment. And a great agitation. He says, why, hell no, lady. I wouldn't want to miss having one more orgasm. As long as I can have an orgasm, I want to be here. You know what? At this point, we just have to look at this biological sexual urge of the man in a very serious way I think all of us need to look at this now in a very serious way you know my sister-in-law was a social worker in southern Indiana for 25 years and she tells about a family she went to investigate the school had reported uh, social services that a 15 year old girl was pregnant again And the girl said that her father was the father. And she had already had one child who was now one year old, and now she was pregnant again. So the school reported the family to social services. Well, my sister-in-law went out to the house to talk to the mother. Well, yes, the mother knew that her husband was having sex with the daughter, and yes, the baby was his, and the mother was relieved that she didn't have to have sex with her husband anymore. And there was another younger daughter in the house who was in line to take over the duties when the older daughter might leave. And this mother defended her position saying that she was taking very good care of the baby, and she would take very good care of the new baby, and she would not agree to putting the daughter on birth control because, first of all, they were Catholic, and secondly, she didn't – this was her statement – She didn't want to give her daughter a license to be sexually promiscuous. You know, I just have to conclude that there's something about having an orgasm for a man. There's just something about that that is far beyond anything that any of us has ever realized up till now. If you Google this subject, a lot of articles come up by doctors, psychologists, and scientists, and pastors. Uh, Psychology Today had an article. The Atlantic had an article. Dr. Sanjay from CNN had a show. Jon Snow at Channel 4 had comments. I mean, and all of these agreed that men think about sex a lot. I mean, the numbers show that men think about sex more than women, first of all, uh, by a large amount. And the numbers that a man thinks about sex during the day range from 19 times a day to 34 times a day to 388 times a day to once every seven seconds, which is 7,200 times a day. So there isn't any agreement although most of the articles agree that the number was somewhere around 34 times a day men think about sex. But there hasn't been a recent study on that on this and I think today that it's probably more than that because our current cultural naked status of the woman and the amount of sex that's used in advertising with women showing their breasts and showing their butts and licking their fingers and holding their mouths open all to sell a hamburger or a new car I think would greatly affect the numbers. I was talking to one of my fellow uh, U.S. Coast Guard auxiliarists at a recent mandatory training session we had which included uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault in the military. He's a financial planner, And once a month they have a seminar for all of the agents in Orange County uh, to come in and it keeps everybody up to date and they learn about new products and things. And he says that the female agents come to these classes dressed like they're going to be going to a club with their breasts hanging out and mini skirts, hooker heels and false eyelashes, exaggerated makeup, And I said, well, you know what? In Indiana, they have a law that's called contributory negligence. How much does the injured party contribute to what causes the injury? So is a man who rapes a near-naked woman totally and only responsible? How much was he provoked by her appearance or her conversation or actions? John Snow of Channel 4 says that every man instinctively weighs up a woman in his mind as a potential sexual partner. He says that it is the natural animal element of sustaining life. And here is where I think that we as a species need some evolution. We are humans, not animals. We're supposed to be a higher being, and yet when it comes to sex, we aren't even beginning to be as far along as the animals. You know, in the animal kingdom, the females will only mate with the alpha male of the species, and the males fight one another to be the one that the females are going to be able to have sex with. And the animals who enjoy sex for pleasure are monogamous, Lions and penguins and swans. I had sexual abuse in my family, and we did what almost every other family does. You keep it quiet. And I've thought a lot about this over these last 43 years. And I've come to the conclusion that if I had to do this all over again today, knowing what I know now, I would do the exact same thing I did then. The abuser was the provider for the family. Sending him to prison would have put the family into destitution. And the abuser was also a member of a big extended family of brothers and sisters. Why take them through the mess? Cause all of them the pain and suffering of it all. And the person who was abused has dealt with the situation and today is a very strong, self-sufficient, productive adult who has a great job and has raised two fantastic children of her own. I do think that it would be okay for an abuser to be castrated, although apparently this doesn't stop the natural animal element of sustaining life. The thought is still there according to most psychologists, and even though a man is impotent, he still has hands and fingers and a mouth that he can use in sexual actions. So what is the answer? I mean, compiling a national sex offender's list doesn't stop the abuse. And a man's sexual organs are outside of his body. They're constantly being jostled, even as a man is just walking or moving around in normal activities. And add to this that everywhere a man looks today, he sees breasts, he sees women's legs clear up to her vagina, pictures of Kim Kardashian's behind or some other movie stars behind. It, it does seem that celebrities can only get pressed today if they're having a naked picture taken or if they have exposed most of their bodies somewhere in public. But, oh, dear me, dear me, don't let anybody see a mother nurse her baby in public. That is outlandish. I am almost in favor of women wearing the burqa. I mean, the oldest cultures in the world understand about the natural animal instinct to propagate the species, so they require that their women keep themselves covered up so that the man isn't constantly stimulated to be thinking about sex. And this way, he can put his energy on the important affairs of business in the state. I talked to my son about this, and he says that whether a man is going to be an abuser or even if he's just going to be promiscuous in his marriage, His actions are going to be determined by what is inside of him. What he's been taught. What his own personal integrity would dictate to him. And who is the one who's going to bring a man into the world and teach him about being a man? A woman. That woman's name is Mother. And today... The mother's just missing. She looks like a hooker, and she's working off it in some office someplace. Did you see that other headline this week about the baby who died the first day the mother took it to daycare? You know what? That little soul said, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up to have a mommy who would stay home and nurse me and hold me and love me. And take care of me. I'm not going to stay here. And that baby just plain left. The purpose for my show today is to set a fire. We need some answers. I really am in favor of legalized prostitution. A man can go and just pay and get his needs met any time of the day or night. But I don't think this is going to solve that problem of that father who's having sex with his daughter's. Those daughters are free and easy, within easy reach. But we just can't keep continuing to sweep this under the rug. What are we going to do?